Congratulations. You made it to the Xfil. You can relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host, Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you do too. This week, as far as recording goes, has been a very interesting one. We actually have a companion YouTube video to this podcast because we originally tried to record ourselves and do a podcast and explore the new reserve content all at the same time. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. There were moments of glory. There were moments of pure hatred because, you know, we had some deaths and some lag and and all this stuff. But We decided to record a second podcast this week, so there was an official audio version, and then we have the companion version there as well. So before we jump into everything that's gone on in the last week and we talk about our reserve experience, let's get our hideout keeping stuff out of the way. So first of all, there are a number of ways that you can support the show. The best and always the one that we will promote is sharing the show with a friend, whether they're new to Tarkov whether they're thinking about getting the game, they just got it, or they've been playing Tarkov for years now. We have over a 1,000 people in the Discord. I think we're well over 1,100 at this point. But we have a community surrounding the show of people that want to help and enjoy this game. So share it with a friend. The other ways you can support are liking, commenting, sharing, uh, rating on all of the various podcast app devices. And in addition to that, We also have direct support lines through Patreon as well. So if you're looking to engage or chat with me uh, outside of just the podcast, you can find me on Discord, but I also stream a few days a week on Twitch at MTB Trigger, and I am on Twitter and Instagram as well. And the one thing I will say about Twitch, since we're plugging it, the absolute best way to support that channel is to lurk it with the sound on. So if you can turn your tab to 1% volume, I can't even explain to you how much that helps discoverability and just overall engagement on Twitch. And at some point, we'll probably be pushing for partnership on there so that we can get drops events for the XFIL podcast community. So anyway, that was long. Ronald, second time this week, man. How are you? And let these fine folks know how they can get in touch with you. Hey, what's up, everybody? Doing pretty good. Pretty excited, actually, to do what we did this week. Having the companion video and the audio podcast be a little bit different, but we're going to talk about kind of what we did in the video, uh, I think is pretty cool. So it was fun to record. It was fun to uh, do some gameplay and, and kind of learn how to do this. And you forgot one thing in your description. We had some very interesting PvP, including a conversation with someone who was at the other end of triggers one of triggers amazing 1v3 situations and i i mean if you're an audio only person thank you for supporting the show but i highly suggest that you go check out xfil 27 on youtube.com slash xp media now i really think that uh, if you've never checked it out this would be a great one to kind of check out what we have going on on youtube 
As far as the best way to get a hold of me, it's always in Discord. I'm sitting on there most days, lurking kind of around uh, during the day. And you can send me a DM. I'm at the top of the list next to MTB into the host section. We get DMs from players and from Excel community members all day long. And it's really been a good time to make some friends and engage in the community. If you have something more formal that you'd like to get to us, the best way is to email the show directly at xpmedianow. The best way is to email the show the direct, directly at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. And we're checking that email address every day, all day. And so that's the best way to get a hold of us there. Other than that, pretty excited to get into this week. Yeah, and I want to circle back first to just the video. What we did, right, just so everybody knows, we <laughs> we basically had this wild hair like, okay, could we record both of our gameplay, both of our cameras, get both of our audio on there and do a live-ish podcast where we're both playing, talking through what we're doing and seeing, and we'll see what happens. The cool part about it was we figured out how to do it. We had a bunch of snags on it, but we ended up getting a method. Ronald figured out a method on how to record it, and we were able to do it. Now, there's a bunch of stuff that happens when playing Tarkov, as you all know, that you just can't account for. One of them is it's really cool when both players are alive, but we actually got into two separate three-man teams fighting against us. So there was two separate three-mans that we came in contact with, and Ron and I successfully wiped out the first one. And then the second one came in, we killed one guy, then they killed Ronald, and then I killed the other two. And the cool part about that was it was insane PvP, and I'll, we'll talk all about the interaction with one of those guys after the fact, and you get to see it in the video that Ronald referenced on YouTube. The hard part is when one person dies, it's sort of like <laughs> we lose like half the content. So what we're thinking about, and again, we're just thinking about this, we kind of want to hear what you think about it is we could actually stream this content with Ronald and I side by side, both of our gameplay uh, to Twitch through my channel. So if that's something that you would enjoy watching, let us know, because we're going to probably try it. But we did have some really cool stuff happen. But that's why we're recording a separate audio-only version, and we have that companion video. The companion video is, what, like an hour and a half, something like that? Yeah, it's about an hour and 40 minutes. It actually includes our setup, and then right up to the point where our first attempt started, which did not go well, and then our actual like second full raid. So it's really interesting. There's, there's lots of good nuggets in there. We end up having to do some research to get out, and it just was some crazy stuff. But it, it's really interesting because we went into reserve really, truly not knowing anything. And it was a fun experience. I got to say that it was fun to not be an expert, to just go in there and just say, okay, let's try this cold and see what happens. Yeah, I thought it was actually really fun. And we basically knew there was a new bunker system. We had an idea that there was an extraction down there or an exfil. And we just decided to not research it, to not watch videos, and to just go in and explore it together to see what we found, to see what we learned. And, and it was actually a really fun experience, not having any idea of where stuff went, how to get down there. And you can watch basically that entire journey of us um, figuring it out and ultimately having one of us successfully exfil. So that was really cool. Mm -hmm. And also the amount of loot was crazy. So if you want to see some actual literally crazy loot, it was, it was pretty cool. So anyways. So yeah, I think what I want to do here, and just to be really, you know, transparent on the whole thing, you know, we had, <laughs> we had to already edit a uh, 
video podcast and the audio for something that was quite long. And we're going to get a second one in. So we'll probably keep this one kind of short, but I did really want to talk about reserve and the changes on reserve and, and what we kind of learned there. So, you know, I want to talk like how many times have you gone in now to reserve since that first sort of encounter we had? I've probably done it maybe 15 times since then. I've actually created a guide video for the bunker part one, and that's on YouTube. And I'm working on getting that second part of the quest, the bunker part two, that's going to be up really soon. So I've had to go in, uh, do some offline raids to learn the layout of reserve of the new bunker system. I also, because I really didn't know that much about it, I've kind of had to learn like the different spawn locations. And it really kind of forced me to learn something totally different, which has been great. I've actually really enjoyed it. So I would say that maybe 15 to 20 is probably is probably a pretty accurate number. And wow, I've spent all that time basically focusing just on the bunker system. And I kind of have a real handle now on navigating the bunker system and the different ways to get in it and the different ways to get out of it, how to turn on the green switch that activates the D2 extract, and then how to get there. And it's Man, it is, it, it's a journey. It's confusing. Uh, so, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. It is one of those things where talk about not knowing much about it to going to making a guide video about it. <laughs> I've, had, I've had a pretty steep learning curve, but I really, really like it. I really think this kind of a change to me is very interesting. It kind of reminds me of doing PVP on interchange, going from store to store to store, but more like I struggle for the way to describe it, but it's kind of like it's more isolated. So the noises that you hear are not necessarily players that you can engage with. They may be close, but they're not close enough that you actually, they're a threat. So you really have to make the choice. Do I want to give away that I'm also kind of here? Or do I want to creep walk around, which is a viable option and go a different way or whatever. So I, I like the choices. It forces you in. I like the situations. It's not just quite straight like factory where you end up in a scenario where Chad's going to run at you. Be ready. You know what I mean? You're going to get pushed from basically wherever you wherever you are. And this, I just find that there's ways to sneak around and it's not even really a rat thing necessarily. It's just more of a, they made it like you don't, you don't, it's not like avoiding PVP, but they I, to me, they made the PVP more interesting, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, and I think we experienced that, right? Our second attempt, which was really our first attempt going down there, because <laughs> the first attempt wasn't bad because we died. It was actually bad because we were having uh, recording issues in keeping uh, Ronald's computer uh, happy while he was recording two video feeds, two camera feeds, and the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> which the, he figured out how to do. <laughs> yeah, the old the old XP Media podcast station uh, took a little bit of a, a little bit of a hit, but we did figure it out. We did figure it out. Right. So it, it that's why it didn't go well. But the second one, to your point, like the PVP down there was really unique. And before we jump into that, because I do want to come back to that point, I, I want to talk about when things get added to maps. And especially maps that maybe you're not totally familiar with. And this is something that's happened in so many games that I've played where, you know, like Counter-Strike, they would redo a map and change things or add new areas and hallways. And I always have to fight this sort of internal fear of the new stuff. And if it's not a map that you're really playing, which Reserve is not a map that I've played a whole lot of. And that's relative to the other maps that I play, okay? I've probably played an average or greater than average amount of reserve compared to normal players, I think. Um, but most of my time has been spent 
hunting down Gluhar, helping people hunt down Gluhar, and then hunting him down on my own, getting Kappa last wipe. So when this first came out, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I really don't know Reserve that well. And there's people in the Xville Discord that talk about Reserve all the time, and it's the map they play, it's their home base. And so I'm like, oh gosh, I really don't know the map, and now there's new stuff. So I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, I really should have learned this map. And and to be honest, I had a little bit of fear, anxiety of like, man, I should know Reserve before I go learn the bunker. And that's where we came up with this idea like, no, let's just go in and explore it ourselves. Let's not watch a bunch of guides. We don't need to know everything about it. And I, that's how I got over that fear. Yeah, I had the same feeling. Uh, Reserve was my least played map by far as well. And we talk about that in the video a little bit before we really kind of get in there. But I'm actually kind of finding that it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I, I think, I don't know, I think it kind of helped that I didn't play it a lot because I really had no, like, no way of comfortably getting through it that I've already pretty much established. Like, if they were to add something like this to, say, Shoreline or, you know, a map that I'm really super familiar with, Shoreline, or, or maybe if they redid Factory, you know what I mean? That would probably really mess me up for a while because I'm so, it's just muscle memory. I see something, I'm like, I'm going this way, or I hear something, I know exactly where it is, right? And so I imagine there's a group of players that this kind of is going to throw them off for a little bit just because they're either used to doing things a different way. So they're going to maybe continue to do that. And hopefully most of the PVP or most of the players, you know, are down in the new spot. So they don't have to worry about running into people and they can get their loot and get out. Or there's people that are, you know, just really trying to figure out, okay, I want to get and take advantage of all of the map. So I need to integrate all of this new tunnel system stuff into my normal way of playing reserve. And I think if I would have had a lot of like preconceived, you know, ways or paths in my mind, it might have been a little harder. I don't know. But because I didn't have any of that and I didn't really have tons of experience with it, it really has been a blast and I'm just having nothing but fun doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. And I kind of want to give a little insight into why. I usually press through these types of things, but it's that initial feeling that I usually have to fight. And and you kind of mentioned it, that the people that are used to the map are actually the ones that are getting more disrupted, right? They're used to the flow. They know the spawns. They know where other people spawn. So they kind of know when and where players are going to be coming from and going to. And this puts a huge new spin on that, not only because it adds additional movement throughout the map, but people are aggressively going to check it out and get these tasks done and just to explore because it's new content. That's what we do. We're gamers. New content. Let's go. Those players are going to get heavily disrupted and they're running around. I like to use that concept to my advantage when learning new maps. And I always think about choke points. And when you add or change things on maps, it's either modifying or changing a choke point entirely or creating new ones. And there's this whole idea in this bunker that there are rooms, there are shortcuts, there's rooms with water in them. It's, it's a very confusing labyrinth. And I knew the old bunker system very well on reserve because... We used it to go from all the places that Gluhar normally spawns to avoid snipers and players. So one of the most interesting things that's happened is they've now attached this new system to the old bunker system, and at least the one that's under the dome, that takes you from the dome uh, down into where these are, which is under all the barracks buildings, the pond buildings, uh, commonly referenced as the helicopter buildings. But now those choke points are different. 
you know, and there's a bunch of new choke points down in this bunker. And so, I don't know, like we, you referenced it, we had that amazing sort of PvP encounter, which honestly, it all happened like 10 steps into the bunker the first time we made it down there. Yeah, 100%. And one of the interesting things about our first PvP encounter was that I would say the people that we encountered were almost equally as surprised to find us as we were to find them. And so what you get when you have something that's totally new to the entire player base is you get this scenario where they made a mistake, really, is what it comes down to. The second group that we encountered made a mistake. The first group was, you know, it was we were right on top of each other before we really knew about them. The second group made a mistake. You had the cover. They were in the light, and I, I, it had to have been because of lack of familiarity with the map. And, and what I really think is interesting about that is that it levels the playing field for a while, and it gives opportunity for people to learn and develop strategy of all different play styles. It was really interesting to watch kind of seasoned players, and we could tell that later on in the story because of the gear that they had. They definitely... <laughs> They definitely knew what they were doing. These guys were good. And they, it just was interesting to watch them kind of take the wrong angle. And because of that, they lost. Yeah. And, and truthfully, I don't know that they took the wrong angle. I think we just had a better one. I think they played the area they had to play in just the spot we had was superior. And the area that we were in, so what happened was we uh, went in the white queen building and you go down the stairs there and you, you end up in the bunker and you, you come into the area and you, if you do this for the first time, you'll get the little um, the subtask complete after you've accepted the task from Prapper, I think it is. <clears throat> and you'll be looking down a little metal staircase. And this is the area we ended up fighting in. And so what happened is we, we go down there. I hear some shifting on the left. And at one point I was like, stop moving. I think I hear people or I hear a guy. And I heard one person shift. And I was like, okay, there's guys down here. Let's take painkillers. Let's get after it. So we moved down. And in this room, if you were looking straight in from where you originally enter, there's two hallways to the left. There's a hallway straight ahead. And then there's a ramp to the right. And I heard a guy off to the left. And I know nothing about this bunker system. So in my mind, I'm just literally saying, okay, I need to use the walls as cover. And I need to strategically clear all of these areas and check every corner because I don't know where there's a corner, another hallway, a door, whatever. So I move to the left. I kill the first guy and then his teammates start moving. So his teammate moves to try to kill me. I get him. And then I'm like, okay, I've got two down. I'm going to make sure there's not a third. And then sure enough, I start moving and then there's a third guy there and he goes down. So at that point, we are off to the left. And if you watch the companion video... This is the hard part about new areas or communication in general, because when I watch it back, I see very different things and I'm listening to our communication and I'm looking at like Ronald's perspective. And there was a point where he's like, where'd you go? And I said, I went down and to the left, which to me, I didn't even recognize that there were two hallways off to the left of that area. And when he looked to the left, he was looking down the other one. So he was actually not seeing where I was. And he's like, I'm looking to the left. I don't see you. I'm just going to loot this body. And it worked out fine. We looted, we regrouped, and then the second team pushed up. But it, it, it's just be aware of this, man. If you're going in and learning it with people, there's going to be names that develop for the certain areas. 
But I, I wasn't nearly specific enough in where I was. And part of it's because I just didn't know the area. It wasn't that I should have known better. It was that I literally just knew I went to the left and I didn't even really know how far I had gone because I got in PvP with three players. And at that point, I lost all sense of direction because I was just trying to win those fights. Yeah, I think not having the orientation down and comms are so hard. So, so we're learning something new, right? Right out of the gate. We're learning something new. Comms sometimes can be difficult in Tarkov too because you have to have callouts. And when you're learning something new, we had no callouts. It was like, I'm over here down this hallway. So we're trying to figure out like what that is. And I honestly think we did a good job given given the scenario. The people that I'm talking about, the second group, when I say they made a mistake, what I mean is like they had unfortunate positioning. Yeah. And in the mistake that they made, in my opinion, in my opinion, the mistake they made was they were in the light. There was plenty of dark spaces that would have been almost impossible for you to see them. Now, you might have heard them and it might have turned it into like using nades to get them to come out of cover or vice versa. But they made a mistake. They they were they came out into the light and they pushed you in a spot where you could totally see them. You take a chance, right? Yeah. They took a chance and ultimately that chance didn't pan out for them. And that's okay. That's kind of to clarify what I meant by that. But yeah, looking down that hallway, having two different options to try to figure out where you were was kind of a challenge. And you know, and when you add in PvP, things get a little bit more dynamic than not dynamic. And when that happens, you kind of you know, it's Tarkov, man. Things turn into kind of crazy and the plan goes out the window. <laughs> yeah. Your point too, though, as I think back on that little scenario, that second encounter, there there was a mistake that was made. And part of it's just because it's a new part of the map, I think, right? I can't speak on behalf of these players, but what happened, they were in this room that had a little more structure in it and a pillar. And when I killed the first guy, they backed off because I had shot at them again. And I, I think I wounded one of them. And I was shot, so I healed up, they healed up. And then they reapproached me from the same angle. And the lesson here is that I had downed their teammate. And I knew that, you know, I've played in squads, right? <laughs> that guy wants his gear back. Or he, he wants them to kill me so that he has a chance at insurance, right? So I assumed that they would try to flank me or do something to kill me. They knew they had killed Ronald. But I had the advantage still because they were pushing into me. So I held my ground thinking that they would come try to at least loot their buddy's gear, if not fight me. And they did. And the initial mistake was the first guy of the remaining two went at the exact same angle that I killed the first guy on. So I literally didn't move because I didn't think they knew where I was. And then the second guy, I actually had to peek. And I hit a pretty crazy headshot to kill him. But they did make a mistake. They re-peaked. It's a very common term in the FPS world, which is, you know, if somebody else is holding an angle and you peek out or you see them, you really don't want to re-peak right away or re-peak the same angle at all because they're likely going to be holding your last known position, which is exactly what I was doing. So when I heard them moving and I was looking into that room, I was holding the last spot that I knew I had seen them. And then sure enough, he came back again. So there, there was a mistake on their part. But I think the reason it occurred is because the map is new. And as people learn more and more about the bunker system, they will learn how to move around in there. And I think in that scenario, they may have been scared to try to flank because they probably didn't know if there was a flank or what it even would be. 
And if they wanted to get back and loot their friend's gear, they may not be able to find their way back. So super interesting. It was a blast. I had a blast. Yeah. And to be clear, too, I made a huge mistake. I hesitated. And I think it's a good thing to bring up. I hesitated when I actually had two of these guys. I saw them before you did. I watched this, by the way. I watched your perspective on it. I hesitated. And if I wouldn't have hesitated, I would have gotten a headshot on one of them. And that was a mistake on my part, the hesitation. And that that comes from, I wasn't sure. And that's a an FPS experience thing as well. I wasn't sure if, I knew they were bad guys, so I knew I wasn't firing at trigger. What I wasn't sure of is if I were to miss what the consequence would be. And by the time I decided that it was okay to just fire and deal with it, I had given away a position, missed the headshot, and the guy turned around and shot me because I was just in a bad spot. You weren't in a bad spot though, right? That's the cool, that's the crazy part. You were actually positioned perfectly. And had you taken the shot, you're right, you would have owned one of them. But that's that moment of indecision that was like, should I take the shot? It's so common. I do it all the time. It's like, well, if I shoot and there's another one, am I giving my... You know what I mean? Like we kind of get too into the moment of strategy when sometimes it's like we just need to play FPS, right? And that's yeah. that was the situation there. Yeah, 100%. And my takeaway from that whole situation was to not get in my own head in those kind of situations. And just remember at a very basic level, it's, it's a run and gun. Shoot until it's over. Don't think yep. about anything else. Don't worry about getting third partied. You know, just just shoot until it's over. And I think that you know, it's a good lesson for me. My takeaway from that situation was to not hesitate, just go for it. And I'm going to do that in the future. Yeah, because when I, I watched it back and I saw the like you picked a perfect spot to engage them and like you were tracking the first guy's head and then the second guy's head came on, which that's when the questions come in, right? Because it looked like you were getting ready to shoot. And then I think you even said like, I see him and I'm like, shoot him. Yep. <laughs> like... <laughs> And it's that it's that moment of like, oh, there's two. What do I do? Well, if you shoot and take out the one, now you've got another 1v1. You can reposition and, and we can go into all the strategy about how to take that next fight. But in general, if you are sitting there and you see a guy and you know it's the enemy, and I think you probably had a very high percentage knowledge of them being enemies, you take the shot. And then if you miss the shot, fine, you reposition. You don't want to sit there. If you hit the shot, you can decide, does the other guy know where I'm at? And if he doesn't, I can still stay here. If he does, I need to reposition. That's the crazy part about this game is that it comes down to these split second conversations with yourself. And oftentimes, especially in close quarters combat, the answer is shoot and reposition, shoot and reposition, shoot and reposition. That's almost always the answer in close quarters combat, regardless of what's going on or how many people are involved. But I get it, man. I'm there all the time. Like, there's clips of me where I had the trigger discipline to wait for three guys to run by me and then kill them. I, If I would have shot the first one, I still may have been successful. So like there's so many options and variables and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit here and say you did everything wrong. You didn't. You were trying to make a strategic choice that maybe you hesitated too long. It, it comes down to a split second. It's crazy. Yep. I totally agree. It, it just comes down to that split second decision. And when you are making those choices, you just got to be careful and, um, you know, just don't don't hesitate. And that that honestly, ultimately was the issue with me. I, I hesitated and I died because those guys were good. And as soon as I shot, 
after I hesitated and missed, you know, it was, it just gave away my position and I didn't reposition fast enough. So it's interesting to analyze this kind of thing because it all happened in the span of about two seconds. So a nice, good real time, you know, encounter, it's like, it's like, oh, they're there, bang, bang, dead. And you're like, okay, well, I'm dead now. And it was bad play. It's also the fact of, okay, it's a great learning experience for me anyways. So I'm taking it as a learning experience. Yeah. And so when you watched it back, did it feel like that sequence happened slower when you watched your own gameplay back? Um, yes. I think what it really felt like was, okay, I realize now that hesitating was a mistake. It's like, okay, I had two headshots. They literally walked through my scope. It's frustrating, but it's also good because the next time that happens, they're going to walk through my scope and I'm going to shoot. It's just not going to be something where I hesitate because I had reasonable confirmation that it wasn't you. I wasn't shooting an ally. And so if it's not you, then there's no reason to hesitate. And I think that it just did happen. It was a bang, bang play. And next time, going to treat it different. Yeah. The, the reason I asked it is oftentimes when I watch my own gameplay back, and I do this a lot, and especially when I'm new at a game, but I still do it a lot. Like if I'm like, how did I die there? I'll go watch the VOD back. And I, I've talked about it on the show before, but it's something that I would encourage everybody to do if you can run OBS or NVIDIA has it, Shadowplay, all these kind of things. There's tools that can allow you to watch gameplay back. And sometimes watching how you act and what you see or what you thought you saw. And you can go back and watch yourself and see what decisions you made incorrectly. You know, I can I can point to one that's absolutely hilarious because I thought it should have never happened. But I, I was sitting on the third story of dorms and I threw a grenade at what I thought was a PMC down below. Well, the grenade hit the railing, bounced back and then rolled in front of the door, blew up and killed me. I grenaded myself on the third floor of the customs dorm, and I'm like, what the heck, this game, blah, 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 blah. Well, turns out, I threw the grenade, it correctly hit the railing, ricocheted, bounced off, and correctly rolled back in, so I made the dumb play, and I'm sitting here blaming the game, because I'm like, oh, that's buggy, it should have gone through. Nope, (laughs) it did everything it should have, and I killed myself. You know, so there's there's dumb plays like that that you can analyze. But in this one, to your point, man, like I, I can't wait for you to have the next situation where you don't hesitate and you take the shot. And I can't wait to talk about that because that's where growth happens. That's where skill develops. And you can't get that any other way than experiencing it yourself. Because if I was in your position, would I have shot? I think so, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, that's the cool part about it. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm excited about it. I'm not worried about it. I'm not frustrated, not mad. It is what it is. Uh it's it's always funny because when we do this kind of stuff, it's out for everyone to see and to be Monday morning quarterbacks on, but that, that doesn't bother me at all. Hopefully someone sees what I did and they also learn the same lesson that I've learned and hopefully it helps people understand that, you know, just just take that shot. If you know where your teammate is, your squad mates are just take that shot and don't hesitate like I did. I know that I'm not going to in the future and hopefully it helps seeing it kind of happen and broken down kind of in real time where you can pause it and go back and forth on it if you want to. And you can kind of see, I did have a good position. I was under a lot of cover. I was in a dark corner. They would not have seen me and I just missed. And so I think that, you know, it's a good way to break it down and learn from. 
Yeah, I, I enjoy it. And and sometimes, like, again, analyzing when you die can be really hard to watch. <laughs> like, there's times that I die on fights that either I thought I should have won or I just made a mistake, and, it, and it's hard, but you learn from them, so it's good. I think the um, the other thing that came out of those interactions was just this hilarious back and forth I had with one of the team members on the second squad of three. And I think the first thing I want to say is it's a reason why I love this game. In general, the people that I've encountered, even through they killed me, I killed them, we message each other in game, the vast majority of them have been level-headed, mature individuals. Every once in a while, you'll get somebody who's just salty that you killed them or they think you're cheating or whatever, right? It's natural. It's an FPS. If you don't get accused of cheating or call someone a cheater once a week, then maybe you're not doing it right, apparently. But anyway, this guy messaged me and he's like, man, that that kill, that last kill you got was pretty suspect, right? And so on the surface, I'm like, this guy's accusing me of cheating, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, okay. But I messaged him back and was like, you know... Uh, here's what happened. Here's how that occurred. Here's my point of view. And then he had some questions and blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> at the end of it, he ended up uh, subscribing to the YouTube and he's excited to see the video of it happening because I told him that I recorded it and he could watch it because what happens is the sixth PMC that I killed, I'm strafing to the right. And as he comes into view, I shoot him because that's where I heard the person last and I had an idea of where he was, so I did the slow walk, crouched strafing. So I was moving very slowly to the right and just keeping my crosshair right on the edge of the doorframe on the newly revealed uh, room area that you could see there. And as soon as I saw his head, I shot it, right? And I had good crosshair placement, good reaction time, good everything. So I can get how it felt like I was cheating because on the other end, the guy said that he didn't even see me when I shot. So I explained that and you can watch it on the video yourself and see what you think. But it really was part luck, part skill, right? I knew to have my crosshair placed at head level. I had an idea of where he was and I was prepared to take that fight. So I did. But it comes back to this text conversation. I still am just laughing about it because I ended up talking to this guy over the course of like half an hour about different things. And and then it was just kind of like, okay, cool, GG's, man. At the end of it, we both said GG's after 30 minutes of talking back and forth about this scenario. And it's just something I love about Tarkov players is that in general, they're level-headed. They, you know, you don't get any information on how the person killed you. There's no death cam. There's no replay system. You're just using purely your intuition of, man, that was sketchy. And, oh, I've heard all about RMT and all these RMT users are cheating. And so this guy, may, maybe that was a cheater. You know, it's it's hard when you're having those internal battles. So it was cool to have that that conversation with the guy afterwards. I actually thought, shout out to those guys. They were actually pretty cool about the whole thing and pretty level-headed. And, you know, they only thought that things were a little bit kind of suspect because the third headshot. They were kind of curious about the third headshot, you know, and you had good position and you just kind of had a good a good read on what they were doing. And again, I'll come back to what my original point was. They were in the light. Now, whether or not, you know, we haven't kind of learned all the little nooks and crannies that are down there yet. And so the strategies haven't quite developed yet that are all going to be kind of played out, but they just happened to be in the light and you were in the shadows and you just found a good spot to finish them off. And so all that being said, it was pretty cool that they were, you know, at the end of it, just saying, hey, GG, good game, you know, moving on. Right. 
Yeah, so that I mean that was kind of our our experience down there. I mean, the number one thing for me is going down there expect unique and odd PVP battles. There's lots of close corridors. We're you're going to get to a point where you start seeing people holding certain rooms or angles. There may be some loot down there we don't know about. We could have some rare spawns down there. But go in with an open mind. Like you're going to probably fight people because people are checking it out. That exfil is always active. That's something I learned is that's always going to be an option. So if you're scared of snipers and you would rather take close quarters combat, you can always go down to those bunkers to to leave the map. So I just think it's such a cool addition. But I'm really curious, like, do you have any like final tips? You've obviously you've ran through it a bunch more than I have. I've only been in a handful of times after you and I did it. Are there anything you've learned running through the offline maps or creating the guides uh, for the two tasks that you'd want to share? I think the biggest tip I can say is that my preferred way to get down into the into the tunnel system is actually White Pond, where the black dinosaur entrance is. That's what I call it. It's got the little black dinosaur by the door. It's basically the the, the northernmost building on the square of the helicopter with the farthest to the east, farthest to the right entrance at street level there. It's right next to the power switch that turns on the bunker, hermetic door bunker. Gotcha. If you go in from that perspective, you get dunked down right away and you can get to the bottom of the steps and you can make a right or a left and you get down into that middle PVP area by making a left and running down and you end up right next to kind of the white queen area where we were and kind of all this happens and you end up down in that control room kind of space where that middle of the bunker area is and then all the different offshoots it's kind of a square kind of with a bunch of offshoots and so i like that way of getting down for a couple of reasons there's cover as you move your way down you work your way through a couple of rooms where you can clear and there's not a lot of places where people can get behind you which I think is kind of a key thing when you're moving your way through a situation like that, especially because the sound is so different. Like the first time I went down there in a real raid, I was going real slow, took the full time. I was listening and you can hear people all over the place and it just sounds so different. And so I, I would say that's that's probably my most successful tactic at this point. Also, when you go in that entry, you are very close to where you need to go to activate the D2 extract. The green switch that you need to activate is actually just to the right. You get to the control room going to the left and you get to the D2 button to the right. So you're easily there too. And when someone activates that D2 extract, all you have to do is once it's active, it's active. Once the power is back on, it works until someone turns it off. At least from what I can tell, I'm not aware of a timer yet. I haven't run into a timer. Can you turn it off? I haven't tried to turn it off. Okay. But I'm not aware if you can turn it off. My guess is probably yes, because, but, but maybe not, maybe not. I'm not sure. We should try that. Yeah. I, it, most of them you can't turn off. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's actually a good, I, I have no idea. I didn't actually, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty confident that you can't turn it off because I went in there, another raid where we exfilled out of D2. I went in with, um, Dadcaster and J Mac and we, went down into the power room and you couldn't hit the button. It was just depressed and didn't have any sort of thing attached to it. So I think you can activate the bunker exfil and then it's just on. But I, I don't know that for sure. But based my experience says that that's the way it is. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but that kind of makes sense. The other The other thing about it is once it's on, it's on. You get down to the bunker. The first time that I used the D2 extract, 
it was a little confusing because the green bar actually starts when you're next to a button, but that's not where the extract is. You have to push the button, the door opens, and then you have to walk down into kind of a hallway towards a bunker door where the actual extract is. So if you're right. go- if you're going in hot, you're getting pursued, that's something to kind of think about is that you have a couple extra steps once you see the green bar and you don't want to get caught in a position where you're expecting it to extract, but you haven't completed all the different steps yet. So, so far, those are my two kind of, you know, things that I've run into that might help some other people. Yeah. And I love that little strategy point that if you're trying to run and leave, you're not going to get out quickly if the door is not already open. When Ronald's saying door, it's a giant concrete slab that you push the button and then the concrete slab like slowly moves out of the way. Like it totally gives me like Indiana Jones vibes. Like you push a button and then it like the dust shakes off and it, it starts slowly opening a crack and then you can squeeze through that and go to the door. But I remember the first time that we went in and I was trying to leave, I pushed the button and then I ran up the stairs that are right there at this little bunker door and I thought I could leave there. And then I turn around and saw the door opening, the big concrete slab moving. It was like, oh, so there's there's almost like a bait there if you don't know what you're looking for. So be aware of that. Yep. I actually really like how they have structured this new exfil. I think it's kind of interesting that you have to do something in order to get out. However, it's not so punishing where you have to go all the way across the map and then fight your way down. Because that just doesn't, it doesn't feel like it keeps up with the theme of having the bunker. I really like that you do something in the bunker to extract from the bunker. It just feels like that's a good way to go about it from just a design perspective. Yeah. Overall, I'm I'm actually really excited about it. I actually probably know more about the bunker system than I do the buildings, which is kind of funny because it's kind of backwards. Everyone knows where all the loot spawns are in the buildings, and I honestly have no idea. So <laughs> I have been going down into the bunker system just to, you know, to have fun down there. And, and that, like you said, that D2 extract is always active. So once you're down in there, you can always get out that way. And yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's awesome. Well, that's kind of the thing, man. Like we, we had some fun in there. We tried something new that sort of worked for podcasting, sort of didn't work, but Maybe we discovered something we'll do for some extra content when when Ronald and I can kind of sync up and, and potentially try a stream. So you'll have to let us know what you think about that video that we got put up there. This is going to be audio only, so um, th- this won't be up on the YouTube, this version, but there is the companion piece there. Hope you guys enjoy the new reserve changes. I personally think it's fantastic. I'm still not like going to go run reserve all the time like crazy. But it does make me excited to know that there's something that I can go check out there that's new and uh, gives me some options to not get sniped from the dome, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. So I'm actually pretty happy with the way uh, our experiment turned out. I hope all of you kind of enjoy it. I hope that you're able to take some time and check the video out and that you find our experience kind of beneficial, but also entertaining, of course, as well. And it's really interesting to see how unexpectedly we end up interacting with the players that we were involved in PvP with. That's a super interesting thing to watch. So I think that's about enough of that. Uh, Do you have any more closing thoughts for us, Trigger? No, man. That's it. Go check it out. If you haven't been to Reserve in a while or recently, or you played all the time and haven't been in yet, I'm excited to see what everybody thinks about the changes. 
All right, well, the green bar is flashing above the screen that you can't see because this is audio only, so you have to trust us. So that means that we're about to disappear. But before we do, thank you to everybody for supporting the show and listening to the podcast. We ask that you do like the show or leave a comment or leave a review and wherever that you do listen. And if you're looking for the video version of this, of course, it's on XP Media now on YouTube. Besides that, we're looking forward to doing some streaming together, like Mike said, and so look for that uh, coming up. We'll post some of that in Discord when we do decide to go live with that. But that's it for this week. So thank you, everybody. Good luck with your raids, and we hope you get to check out the new reserve and let us know what you think about it. Join the Xville Discord, where there's plenty of people who want to help and also to play with. So let, let us know what you think inside of the Xville Discord, and that's about it. Talk to you later. See you guys. Thank you. Bye.